And welcome and good afternoon and good day, everyone around the world. And welcome to FreightWaves Global Supply Chain Week. I'm Steve Ferreira. I'll be your host for this segment. And oh boy, do we have a segment today. We have one of the icons of global trade and global freight soon to join us. My special guest today is Zivi Shriver, CEO of Freightos. Zivi is a serial tech entrepreneur based in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, running the Freightos platform. Freightos is the digital platform of the half trillion dollar global freight industry. Zivi, welcome to the global stage. Great to be here. Great to be here, Steve. It's really nice to see you. You know, we've shared some moments uh, uh, from an arm's distance in some of the uh, various conferences around the world, but this is the first time I've really had a chance to talk to you one-on-one, and I'm so excited for our, our time together today, and uh, thank you for joining us here on, uh, on, on uh, FreightWaves TV. Zivi, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, one of the things that I, uh, uh, I wanted to explore is I know there are, uh, in my own research, just so many new participants in the global trade industry. By my own uh, statistical review on LinkedIn, uh, I looked at over 100,000 logistics and freight forwarding professionals. 10, 12% of them are in the new roles for the last, you know, 96 months uh, because of the pandemic. Let's address that. Let's address how Freightos can help those new participants. Tell uh, if you were explaining to those new participants about you know the, the various platforms and indices that Freightos offers. Please give you, please give these new participants a little insight on what, what Freightos is. Sure. Well, look, Steve. I mean, um, anyone who's coming into the industry or moving around in the industry is also a consumer. So in our private lives, we know what it is to shop on Amazon. Uh, to book uh, travel on booking.com, et cetera, et cetera. So for already for 25 years, when you've uh, booked, a, if you want to fly a person from A to B, it's been very transparent. You, you've known what the market price is. You've been able to book. Um, you pay, you know, whatever you're quoted on the website, that's what you pay. We've had that for 25 years for the travel of uh, passengers. Uh, we're trying to bring the same experience and we're, we're making progress in bringing the same experience to, uh, for goods. We think it's really about the customer and a, an importer or exporter who's shipping goods from A to B should have the same seamless online transparent experience that you've had for many years when you travel from A to B. It's, it's as simple as that. Let's break it down a little tighter for our audience. So obviously with that, uh, that mechanism as an Expedia or, a, you know, a Google, not Google Flights, but um, let's just take Expedia or let's use your platform as an example. So we're bringing together all participants in the supply chain, freight forwarders and beneficial cargo owners. So yep, your platform carriers. is appealing and carriers. So your platform is appealing to all three. Yeah, absolutely. Although um, because of the way the industry is structured, it's actually, let's say, twin platforms. So when it comes to connecting the forwarders to the carriers, uh, that's normally done under our web cargo brand. Um, and so the forwarders, the professionals, the carriers t- tend to know our web cargo brand better. For the shippers or the BCOs, they come to Freightos.com. Uh, it's a little bit like, for those who know the travel industry, you've got uh, Booking.com or Expedia, as, as you mentioned. Behind the scenes, there are the professional platforms like uh, Sabre and Amadeus, who some people will be familiar with, who connect the travel agents to the carriers. Um, of course, in, in freight, there wasn't any such thing, so we ended up building both. We ended up building Web Cargo, which is our professional platform for the forwarders to book with the carriers, and Freightos.com, which is a public site where um, the, the importers and exporters, the shippers can uh, book with the, with the forwarders. 
Um, and um, as you referenced on Freitas.com also, we have our data, we have our indexes for ocean and also for air, uh, showing what is the average market price every week or in ocean, in fact, every single day. Uh, we give transparency to what's the current market price for a, for a full container. Yes, and I'm a new personal subscriber to that Fredos data, and I can tell you, I definitely want to get into that with you uh, later in our discussion. I love, uh, I love what you've done with that, and uh, it's it's a, certainly a benchmark and an index that stands out all by itself. But let's get back to the users and participants. So, Zivi, in your opinion, if you're reaching out to the uh, beneficial cargo owner, is there a right size or wrong size uh, beneficial cargo owner or importer that's right for the platform? Is there a typical size of importer that is the best fit for Fredos? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, let me put it a slightly different way. Um, the most common use of our platform is for spot shipments. For, for you know, So um, uh, small uh, BCOs are, are typically doing everything spot. Um, for the big BCOs in Ocean, they're, they've often got the long-term tenders. We can help that in a different way but they're not normally doing that on platform. We may be giving them data to help with the tender. And we may be giving them indexes for index linking. So we help indirectly with the, with the tenders. But for the big BCOs, they typically use us um, for their spot and indirectly for the, for the tenders. Uh, for the small BCOs, they tend to use us for all of their shipments. Uh, in air, the situation is a little bit different. I know, I know we're focused on Ocean today, but I'll just mention in passing, that air is often spot by its nature. So for air, we often get even the biggest uh, shippers are often using us for air uh, for their regular shipments. You know, it's fascinating when you think about it. I know a few years ago or, you know, when you were developing the platform and, and you know, coming out with the platform in kind of a normal marketplace, uh, just like you would on an Expedia or a booking.com, you know, you'd have the reviews and the comments and the performance statistics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now that we've kind of gotten into, at least in my opinion, you may you may disagree, because Ocean has become a little bit more commoditized, and we're looking at you know eight and nine x rates versus two thousand and nineteen. How can the platform help, um, say, normalize or take that commoditization out of it and, and make it a more uh, realistic experience for BCOs, just not buying on rate alone? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I think. Um... I don't think commoditization per se is bad. I, I think, you know, commoditization came not, not in 2020 or 2021, but in the 60s when somebody decided that, that all the containers would be 40 foot or 20 foot long. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so, so all the containers are 40 foot long. That, that's in some ways that's kind of um, a commodity. But you're right, it's not a pure commodity because the service matters as well. Um, and the way that the what the industry has to do, and and we're, we're right at the center of this, and in air we're making more progress, but we're starting an ocean as well. It's very simple. Uh, you need to have committed, um, you know, booking dates. So when I book a container, I want to know exactly what ship I'm booking on, and I want to know that's going to be on that ship, and it won't be rolled. Um, and the, the carrier wants to know that that I'm going to show up with that container. Uh, it's a, a little bit like if you if you think about um, air travel as passengers uh, or even hotels. If, 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 if For those of us who are old enough to remember what air travel used to be like in the 90s or even in the 80s when I was young, um, it, it was quite common in those days um, that you could book a flight and then the flight was overbooked. It still happens today, but it's extremely rare today. I can't remember the last time you know, I showed up to a flight and, and my seat had been sold to someone else. And vice versa, in the old days, you could 
you could actually buy a ticket and not show up, and, and the ticket was probably still valid. You could show up the next day. But that all went away a long time ago. A long time ago, the airline said, you buy a seat, you pay for it, the seat's yours. Um, and in air cargo, they're starting to do that very nicely, and they have to do the same in, in ocean. And there, there are some good, you know, most spot, they're trying to do that. So some of the carriers are trying to do that. But there should be no other way. You know, When you <laughs> book a, a container, the only way to book it should be onto a specific ship where the carrier's committing that you've got a slot on the ship and you're committing that your container will show up and you'll pay at least part of the price if it doesn't. And and that's just a very, very basic thing which every industry should have, that when you book a container, you know what you're booking. And, you know, that's just, uh, you're almost like reading my mind into my next question. I, I wanted to ask you because I don't know the answer and I'm wondering if you could help with our audience is, you know, we hear so much about performance-based uh, and uh, uh, enforceable, you know, type uh, contracting, or even in the the, uh, the booking process of certain providers that that allow that. Does your platform allow for this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it depends on the carrier. So, you know, we when you book on uh, Fredos.com, uh, you're certainly making a binding contract with the forwarder. And what we aim to do, but we can't always do, is to actually tell you which ship it would be on or which flight it would be on. Now, with Air, we're a bit further ahead. We have at least 30 airlines who can give you instant confirmation of, you know, which flight your, your booking is on. Wow. Ocean, wow. it's only just starting. Um, but, but, but this is so basic, you know. I mean, when you, when you go to the supermarket and you buy a box of cornflakes, you know that you're going to get the box of cornflakes. You're not sort of, it's not sort of some reservation. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't. I mean, it's kind of shocking that the whole industry hasn't moved, moved to a very simple two-way commitment so long ago. I think the issue that I see, you know, is is it's almost like uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, way. I don't know. It's almost like you know. Uh, oh yeah, I think of it like uh, from ocean perspective. If I fly on American or United, right, I'm in the medallion club. I have diamond status. I have ambassador status. And you know, I think what the ocean carriers tried to do, you know, with uh, getting these uh, premium guaranteed and deferred service and on time service and getting a slot. You know, they def they definitely put in some, uh, you know, obviously accessorial charges to uh, guarantee BCOs that. And I guess that that can be uh, transparently put forward in the um, uh, in the freight forwarders quote. Right. So you've got the ocean rate. You've got a guaranteed uh, premium to get on the on the vessel. So I, I guess that if a BCO is booking through Fredos and they do need that guarantee, they can achieve it through through those means to an end. Correct. Well, you're right. There are some carriers who offer a premium service for, for you know, guaranteed dates. Uh, there are some forwarders who, who have, you know, premium services. But but, but that's that's just a weird uh, sort of temporary workaround to a basic problem, which is when I book, I book, you know. Um, and I shouldn't need to pay extra for my booking to be binding. I mean, that's what a booking should mean. And and the carriers lose more from the BCOs. They, you know, when, when at, the, at the moment there's a capacity crunch, the BCOs lose... When their their containers get rolled, they think it's going to you know go this Tuesday goes the next Tuesday, but in the long term this is worse for the carriers because the carriers in a normal market the carriers are getting fifty percent no shows uh, during peak season and that actually hits the carriers much more than it hits the BCOs in the long term. So both sides have got an interest to move to simple um, binding you know uh, bookings mutual commitments. It's how every other industry works. And we're working very hard with the carriers and we have more and more carriers in the air and, and uh, starting now in Ocean as well, where you get a, a clear binding uh, booking. 
It's really fascinating. And I agree with you. We need to simplify it. But I think that's what the platform at Fredos does. And I'm really proud that, you know, you've introduced this. You know, one of the things that you've said, and I, I was actually surpri- not surprised by it, but I was pleased to see it. But I wanted to ask you how to how you handle it. You had mentioned that approximately 40% of BCOs only really have used one uh, logistics service provider. And, you know, I think my question is, so many classical freight forwarders have tried to, you know, um, break that model, right? Like, how do you get more traction into a smaller importer that's just used to using, you know, um, you know, brand X? Uh, so how does Freightos help, um, you know, further project sales for freight forwarders and also give the BCO that extra uh, alternative that they might, might not have considered Zippy? Yeah, I think... Um... I think that's really our strength on Fredos.com is that we give the uh, the BCO, the shipper, um, a lot of choices and we make it easier for them to switch if they want to by allowing them to manage their documents in one place. So one of, one of the costs of switching is that you, if you use one forwarder, then, you know, another forwarder maybe has a better service or a better price, but they don't know your commodities, uh, you know, they need to onboard you, they need to do sort of KYC. Um, so, so that becomes a switching cost, which certainly hurts the BCO, uh, but often hurts the forwarder who's trying, like you said, trying to win a customer with a better price, but the customer switching cost is too high. So we're trying to make the market more efficient for both sides by making switching easier, by allowing you to switch forwarder, but keep your payments in one place or, or keep your documents in one place, uh, to have transparency about the service level and, and you know, before you switch to say, is this guy really cheaper? Is he really more reliable? Does he answer his phone, he or, he or she? Um, and so um, I think that's definitely part of what we're doing is removing the friction to make the market more efficient, which is definitely good for BCOs. And it's definitely good for the good forwarders. The forwarders have got the good price, the good service. They benefit from a more open market. Uh, the forwarders who have a you know, to be perfectly honest, if forwarders have a high price and poor service, and they're trying to hold on to their customers, then uh, that, that, then you know we're not helping that. But that's not a not a good business model. You know, Zippy, I've I've often said when I was at uh, running Sealand's uh, marketing many many years ago, one of the things that I thought about was that um, beneficial cargo owners, say on the coast and on New York and LA, they get an awful lot of attention from the forwarding community and the carrier community, whereas BCOs in the Midwest, in the U.S., of course, in Chicago or Ohio or Nebraska, they don't get as much service. So I've often thought that there's a way to differentiate and market, you know, towards a certain group of clients that are just not being fulfilled. Um, Have you contemplated uh, or did an overview of which areas seem to be, you know, most attractive for clients that come into your platform? Is there, have you, it's, a, it's an unusual question, but have you ever looked at it in terms of, okay, our, our typical customer is, you know, um, you know, 125 TEUs and they're, they're in uh, Cleveland, Ohio? Well, um, we're very careful to be geographically agnostic uh, across the States, which is our biggest market, but equally in, in Europe and other uh, regions, Middle East, other regions that we service. Um, so, you know, absolutely, you can put any zip code uh, that you like into Fredos.com, and uh, in almost every case, you'll get some quotes. Having said that, remember, we're not the service providers. So um, if you put in a, an obscure uh, zip code, when I say obscure, I just mean in the sense that it's not a, a, an industrial area uh, and there's less imports there, then it's still up to, we can't force the forwarders to service that um, because in the end, we're not a service provider, we're a platform. 
but we do see good coverage. We do see that virtually every zip code that someone punches in, um, at least some of the forwarders on our platform are happy to provide provide service. So, so we do want to be, uh, you know, give equal opportunities to all geographies. Yeah, I just think, you know, it, you know, when you, when I look at it in the subsection of, uh, I think, you know, who can benefit the most, you know, I certainly, in my opinion, you know, if I was starting a, a freight, freight forwarding company today, I would definitely go in the Midwest and I would try to stay away from the coastal areas. But that that's, you know, just a, an, one approach and certainly the platform's agnostic and you've got worldwide coverage. And speaking of that, you know, one of the, one of the issues that I noticed, and I'd like you to take on it, is that. I did notice because obviously of the high cost of ocean freight, the average bill of lading or invoice quantity is uh, substantially reduced this year. So in other words, instead of having 20 or 30 containers on an invoice, now you might have one or two. I can't help but thinking that this, the pandemic has had to help uh, Fredos because now you've got uh, the opportunity to do obviously much more in the spot environment where the quantities are smaller. Can you address that? I think that's perceptive. Um, I mean, I hate to benefit from a from a pandemic, which is a, which is a terrible thing. But um, but you're right that it has uh, driven digitalization. I think two things. You know, what it's it's driven digitalization forward in general. People are working more from home. Here we are talking on a on a video conference. Um, so people have adopted more digital tools. So uh, you know, they've been more happy to. They've been less having playing golf with their freight forwarder and more you know, uh, trying to go on the web um, to source a service. So it's helped give digitalization a push forward. And it's helped the spot market. We, we have services as well, which show that there's more spots in the last two years, uh, partly because there's a there's a crunch. So, so you can't book 100 containers, so you book what you can, partly because things keep changing so quickly, you know. Um, and in air, of course, uh, even more so because flights are canceled and reinstated every day. Um, but but overall, it's been a much more, it's been a rapidly changing uh, world, which has made it very difficult to sustain any kind of fixed price contract. And um, it has been helpful to, you know, platforms, or more importantly, platforms have been helpful to the customers uh, to cope with this uncertain changing environment. Well, I can tell you, you know, I have so many stories, and I think that most BCOs uh, in, in, the, in the genre that, you know, appeal to the, 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 the platform are really glad that you're there. I mean, I speak to hundreds of people every month, and I, I spoke to a small BCO, and he was speaking to me from his tool shop at home, from his machine shop. I mean, the fact that these folks are on their, uh, their couch, you know, and, and they've got their child next to them. The digital platform that you offer and the ease of booking really makes um, you know trade transparent for them, and I think that that's a that's a terrific thing that you've been able to do. Now, I also think that one of the services that you've not only given them uh, for some safety and security is the Fredos uh, data and the Fredos Baltic Index. Um, you've become such a leader in the Fred- in the index market. Uh, and I know that, you know, for years I've been used, I was using the Shanghai Container Freight Index, and now I've switched o- over exclusively to Fredos's uh, index. Can you tell me what makes the Fredos index so much more superlative than, let's say, the SCFI? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks. Well, the, the Fredos Baltic Index, FBX, um, first of all, it's published every day. Um, it's not limited. The, the Shanghai index is only t- gives you rates out of Shanghai, so, so we're global. We have transatlantic rates and, and other routes, which are nothing to do with Shanghai. Um, but most importantly, is our methodologies. So uh, you know, we are not just surveying forwarders, which can be manipulated. 
uh, we're actually taking transactional rates uh, that the forwarders have, which are which are actual rates that they're paying. And um, it's not just the Freitas index, right? It's, as you said correctly, it's the Freitas Baltic index. The Baltic Exchange um, have a role as a benchmark administrator, so they're auditing everything that we do in terms of methodology and checking that the index truly reflects the market and isn't biased in any way and isn't manipulated in any way. So it's a um, it's an index which is global and which is daily and which is fully audited for, for accuracy and for transparent methodology. As a result of all of that, um, as you may have seen, the CME, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the world's biggest derivatives exchange, is launching trading of futures for our index uh, at the end of this month. So as of the 28th of February, you'll be able to uh, trade future the, the future value of the FPX, which finally brings this industry um, into the modern world of financial services where you can lock in a price or protect against the price increase or protect, protect if you're a carrier against a price drop uh, months in advance, in fact, up to two years in advance. That's something, by the way, which has been common in other industries, even in bulk shipping. You've been able for years to um, hedge against price increases or price decreases many months ahead. Finally, uh, as of the end of this month, you'll be able to do the same in container shipping and, and use futures traded in exchange to protect against future price fluctuations in either direction. And, you know, that is just the coup de grace. I know that uh, when I saw that announcement, I saw, I thought to myself, this is definitely going to go into the Ferrera 5. It was one of the <laughs> five tools that I definitely advocate going uh, and taking at least a cursory look at and explore how uh, BCOs and the community at large can use futures uh, to hedge. And certainly it's something that, uh, if I may ask you, I, I would love to have you come on my uh, Navigate B2B show and maybe you could get more deeply into how and uh, how the futures and who best are, could use them and how that all would work. I'd love to have you on if you'd come back. Yeah, it would be a pleasure. It'd be great to do that. Well, Zivi, I wanted to ask you, what was been, what's, uh, as we close out our segment, you know, so what's been your, what's been the biggest surprise that you've experienced uh, uh, since you've created the index and, and the, uh, the exchange? What, what's been, what's been delightful that you, uh, that you didn't think you would see as a result of your work product? Well, yeah, this industry is full of, of positive and negative surprises. Um, so uh, on the negative side, um, I've been surprised how long it's taken the, the carriers to create APIs and how long it's taken them to create simple two-way commitments for their bookings. Um, so that's been, in a way, a disappointment, but um, you know, but there's certainly an upside that finally it's happening. Um, I can say in air, because there's a little bit further ahead, but I hope it, it indicates what's going to what's starting to happen in ocean. In air, when it finally happened in, in around 2020, when we finally had a lot of airlines who had a, an API, an electronic connection, instant booking, the adoption was much faster than we expected. I mean, it's grown for us 100x in the last two years. Um, and so it was worth the wait. And once it happens, um, it's grown extremely fast. It's been great for the uh, everyone, for the airlines and the forwarders and the shippers have all got more transparency and more certainty. Um, and I'm sure that that's going to happen now in Ocean as well. It's been it's shocking that we've waited till 2022 to have electronic bookings and, and two-way uh, binding bookings. But I know that as the uh, Ocean line has rolled that out, it's going to be adopted very rapidly by the industry. And that will more than compensate for the, for the long wait. Well, it's always evolving. And uh, we have so much more that we've uh, barely scratched the surface on. And I, I hope you'll come back and see us. Sivi, how can uh, folks find out more about Freydos, the platform, and the data? 
Well, uh, of course, Fredos.com um, is our website. The data is on fbx.fredos.com. That stands for Fredos Baltic Index. Uh, the air uh, rate is also on that website as well, the FAX, the Fredos Air Index. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn if anyone uh, wants to look for me. And also the author of two great books as well, I might add. Thank you very much. Yes, unrelated to shipping. One's about the history of uh, physics and Newton and Einstein. The other's about economics and a, a bit about inflation. Uh, so not directly related to shipping. Uh, but yes, thanks for mentioning that. Well, we're two authors. I've got my Navigate B2B and I'll trade you one autographed copy of my book for one of yours. So Zivi, I hope deal. you'll come back and see <laughs> us again. Thank you so much for your kindness. And uh, you've been wa watching my uh, exclusive interview with the Zivi Schreiber, uh, CEO of Freitos in Jerusalem. And thank you so much for uh, tuning in to FreightWaves uh, Global Supply Chain Week. I'm Steve Ferreira, CEO of Ocean Audit. Have a great day. Thanks, Zivi. Thanks, Steve. That was good.